this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Takashi was a person who couldn't trust anybody. I don't see how he could ever have found happiness. Hello, I'm your mannequin co-host, Eric Thurm, uh, and with me is uh, not Merritt. I, uh, uh, we're getting breaking podcast news that Merritt beep, actually beep, beep, is beep, 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 beep. Uh, uh, taking a step back to from hosting the podcast to digest some of the anime that she's been watching lately and honestly cannot blame her. Uh, so this has become my full-on anime nightmare. Uh, the new iteration of the show, which I am tentatively calling re-anime, is going to be pretty similar. Either I will make someone watch a unit of anime they haven't seen, here defined as three episodes or a movie, or they'll make me watch one. Uh, I also super enjoyed doing the JoJo miniseries that we just finished. Check that out if you haven't listened to it. So if any of the shows that we talk about in these sort of like initial episodes end up sticking and people are really into it. Maybe we'll do a longer mini series like that, or I'll just make people watch a ton of more like short form shows. Who knows? We're gonna explore together. I am super excited to have, uh, as our first guest on this new iteration of the show, open Mike Eagle, a true, hey, uh, multi hyphen anime fan. That's right. I get uh, down. I get down. Yeah. Many animes. Uh, in addition to making some of my favorite music of the last decade uh, and being extremely funny and having a Comedy Central show, Mike also has... Do you, you just start the podcast network? Is that That's a new development? Yeah. Well, we, we launched it publicly a couple of months ago. So yeah, uh, pretty recent in terms of public knowledge. Uh, yeah, which is... I'm very, very excited. I've been saving up the, the uh, show with Prince Paul. Like, real excited to dig into that. Um, and you also have made, and this is sort of the, the first thing I, I want to talk about, uh, so we can get through it before we get to the show we're actually talking about this week. Uh, I think you probably, I would guess have made the most music about Jojo or obliquely about Jojo's bizarre adventure of anyone, uh, sort of at a comparable success level. Well, yeah. And that's hard to rank. Um, cause you know, I'm a, I'm like the, the uh, I'm a I'm a lord of a niche, and and who knows um, how many other people in different niches have probably made JoJo music. Um, I'm typically not like a nerdcore guy, and that I don't tend to dedicate uh, songs or album concepts to uh, to to media that I enjoy as overtly. But um, I, I made an excuse for JoJo because it's a it's it's my favorite power fantasy. Um, and, uh, power fantasies are important to me psychologically. 
Yeah, you should uh, uh, literally go if you have not listened to uh, I'm a Joe Star, parentheses, Black Power Fantasy. Incredibly. Co- so I'm so delighted that you got to put that out on Adult Swim. Mm-hmm. Uh, just good, good people there. Good show. Uh, and uh, the new the single from your new album uh, is called Bucciarati and is uh, uh, about the or I guess loosely related to the character of the same name that we talked about literally in the last episode of the show. Cause we, we just did golden wind to finish off Jojo. Yeah, man. Um, I, I made the song and, and I, you know, they over at adult swim. They not only love anime, they love hip hop. So, um, I know a few folks over there. So I was able to, uh, talk to them about the song and they were into it and they cut a video of, of season five uh, footage to make a video for uh, I'm a Joe star. Damn. That's sick. Have people done uh, a good fan art of you as a, a Jojo since that came out? I got a couple of really good pieces. I had a couple of really good ones. One of them I'm going to get tattooed on me. It's me as Bucciarati. I'm going to get that actually tattooed on my body. It's going to be me great. dressed as zipper man coming out of a zipper that is on my skin. It's really, it's disgusting to look at, but I love it. Those the the stickiest fingers of all. Sticky fingers. Yes, I love it. Damn. Oh, you're that's a, so you're good. A, you're a dub dub guy or a sub guy? We gotta we gotta talk about this. Uh, I it depends. Honestly, like I would say like sixty forty subs. Um, but it really depends. I, I've become one of those guys who before I start watching something, I have to Google name of show, Reddit sub or dub. No, thank you. No, no, oh, no. It's man. it's actually very good. I'm like, tr- I'm surprised yeah. about this too. But you but sound the, like you you strike me as the kind of person who you 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 can manage. You can deal with Reddit. I can't deal with Reddit. You know, I can't like even if it's like a topic where people think they're being helpful. I just can't deal with like everybody having a say. It's just not my thing. You know, that's fair. I, I think I think for me, it's the kind of thing where it's like there are seven people who have an opinion that is strong enough to share about this on the Reddit they will like one of them is going to do a post that's like a paragraph that's like here's three sentences on why i think the sub is better than the dub and i'll, I'll like every time i read that and i'm like okay yeah that's that seems right uh and sometimes it isn't but yeah generally speaking subs uh but sometimes i'll listen to both or watch both uh I'm a, I'm a, show, but i i'm a pretty case. big anime fan but i'm i'm a dub guy because i'm very lazy um and and i really just want to like because to me Typically, the story is what is is the most important thing. Even beyond, like in some cases, even beyond like the quality of the animation, like the story is what I'm there for. Um, so I don't, I'm not, I don't need the purity of the original voice recordings um, to satiate me in any way. But that said, I have certainly uh, been turned off of some shows by being able to tell that the particular actors and actresses they chose for this dub are horrible. Um, but, you know, uh, they didn't happen with this show, the one we're going to talk about anyway. Yeah, I, I haven't watched a, the dub for this one, so I, I'm excited to hear about it. Cause it oh, it's gosh, like, it's great. Yeah, there, there are some cases, you know, where you uh, watch a dub and it's just like, basically I think there's like a lower standard for suspension of disbelief where it's like, it becomes a lot easier in the dub because I like understand the quality of the voice acting to be like, "Mm, someone's taking me out of this one a little bit. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. 
but but I, I enjoyed that with, with this one. Um, so let, let's uh, move to the show that we're going to talk about this week that you suggested. So in keeping with the format of the show, uh, I'm watching something that you wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, a show that I would say has a title that is a synonym or basically uh, synonymous with the your upcoming album, yep. uh, Anime Trauma Divorce, Death Parade. Mm-hmm. The first song on the album is Death Parade, and it's, it's informed uh, in subtle ways by this song. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited I mean, I'm about sorry, the show. I'm sorry, the, I'm sorry. The song is informed in subtle ways by the show. It could, it could go both ways. Yeah, but uh, it, it don't. Not in this one. <laughs> not in this case. Unless it's the, well, we're going to talk later. We're going to talk about the OP and the ending songs. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But the, the, here's our, our formal introduction to Death Parade. Expanded from Yuzuru Tachikawa's short film Death Billiards and written and directed by Tachikawa, Death Parade follows the various functionaries of the afterlife, a large building complex that resembles a hotel. Our protagonist is Decim, who judges pairs of souls so they can be sent for reincarnation or tossed into the void. When he is given a new assistant, a mysterious black-haired woman, Decim is forced to rethink his approach to humanity and the nature of existence. And as he goes on that journey, Death Parade explores the lives of the people who wind up in his bar. The series, produced by the studio Madhouse, uh, aired on Japan, uh, aired in Japan on Nippon TV from January to March of 2015, and was simulcast on Funimation, where you can watch it and also watch the dub if you are interested in checking it out. Um, so that that's your introduction to Death Parade. Why did you want to talk about this? Because I think it's the best anime ever. For my that's for a- my purposes, it's the greatest anime that exists. Uh, why? Uh, because I prefer anime that is a tight story, like a season that's a story that has a beginning and an end, whether it's 13 episodes, 26 episodes. That's what I prefer. And this one, oh, it's this perfect balance between an episodic show and a show with a narrative throughout. And everything about it is completely intentional. And, uh, and, and it has like, real human elements balanced with like supernatural elements and it's like it's just it's it checks all of my boxes is what it is I'm, so when i say it's the greatest of all time uh that's not saying that anywhere near objectively but for my purposes for the things that i like this is the one that checks all the boxes damn that's a strong case I, was, I, I, unlike uh, potentially future iterations, if we only talk about the first three episodes, I watch the whole thing. Uh, and I don't, I like, I really appreciated a lot of it and it, it felt a little bit like it left me like a little cold because uh, I, I recognize all the stuff that you're talking about. Like I watched it and I was like, I know that this plotting is really good and I appreciate the way that the episodes are structured and I, you know, like all this other stuff about it. And it just didn't feel like it was clicking for me, which is especially weird because uh, Yuzuru Tachikawa, who, you know, wrote and directed this and like really made this, you know, as his own brainchild, which is like super rare in anime, uh, has also directs uh, directed Mob Psycho 100 which I think is actually my favorite thing of all time, sort of like along the same uh, same lines that you're talking about. Um, 
And it, it feels weird to me that he made both of those. Like, have, have you seen Mob Psycho? Oh, of course. I love Mob Psycho. Okay. Um, it, but for me, Mob Psycho is one of those shows that's like, it's a, it's a shonen anime in that, yes, you're following the strength level of a central character, but shonen also has this thing where every now and then they feel like they have to like let all the tension out with like um, comic relief or like filler episodes or like, oh, he's got a girlfriend this episode. And like, I don't personally, I don't care about any of that. Like, even though I, I love that show, I love the animation of that show. Um, and I, I love the the uh, the mechanic of having the character who when he gets to 100 percent, you know, um, he lets loose completely with his power. I really like that. Um, but like I said, it has it has those shonen elements that I can't necessarily get down with. I I, I like I like to cut all the fat away. I like a story. And yeah, I felt like Mob Psycho had a little bit of the fat in it that I don't like. That's so interesting to me. I, Cause like, I guess to me, that's what the show is about, right? That like so much of what I, and without getting too into the show, because we're, we're gonna talk about Death Parade, but like on the whole point of Mob Psycho, I feel like is that the sort of psychic fights and all the other genre shonen stuff is like not that important to his actual life. And that the stuff, you know, where he like has a crush on a girl and then finds her getting bullied or like accidentally tries to make friends in this way or like the stuff he's doing with the body improvement club, like that is the stuff that, you know, affects like who he is as a person and what he thinks is important. And I, the thing I love about that, that stuff is that it like, it like, like you're saying, right. It like has all of this cool, like beautiful animation mm-hmm. uh, and manages to be like a, a little bit of a, a subversion of the genre while still like having all the cool stuff. Like, I feel like it gets to have its cake and eat it too in a way that I guess the humor, cause the, like there, there's jokes in death note or not death note in death, death parade. parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are jokes in death parade, but I feel like they're almost all really stoic you know like they're really dry yeah uh Uh, and 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 for me see that's the thing this the stuff other than the progression of the character to me it's not necessarily cake uh so so where it pays off and where it becomes part of the central narrative like the body improvement club stuff i really did appreciate because you're seeing him trying to um trying to show that he has value outside of just his psychic powers and actually like, um, you know, improve himself in other ways. Um, those friendships he builds in there just by his dedication alone actually prove valuable to him later um, in particular fights and conflicts. And to me, that makes it worthwhile where there's some of the stuff that happens, you know, with the girlfriend or with the, with the mentor where you, you follow entire episodes of him and his journey that don't for me really add much in the end. That's totally fair. I think that just maybe is a place where we got to, ah, man, I love Reagan. Uh, I, I love him too. And, and the thing is, it's, it's not about any dislike of the character. Um, it's just that what my, for my values, um, mm-hmm. I, I like, I like a story that's really tight. Um, I, and I like, and, and my, not to say that mob psycho isn't, in the grand anime spectrum of like, you know, <laughs> slice of life versus, um, you know, versus straight, you know, pulpy, um, you know, death note 
tight drama. Um, but I tend to go toward more towards that scale where I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm down with whimsy, but I want it to count. I always yeah. wanted to count. Well, let's, let's, uh, like, I guess talk about that aspect of it because, you know, like you were saying, the tightness of death parade, I think was one of the things that stuck out to me the most that you will get these like really specific character studies of the people who show up in the bar. And then, you know, they sort of are, are like, they literally are like, okay, you're on an elevator. You're not in the show anymore. Uh, and, and that, that then still adds up to the, the themes of the show, but is, does not linger longer than it has to, which I think is cool. And, and the way that they counterbalance that, um, the episodic nature of these people you meet with this undercurrent story of the arbiters, um, to me, it's just brilliant. Like that's, that's it to me. Cause, because when you watch that first episode, you don't think when you get to the second episode that you're going to still have anything to do with that first story, with the way that it's positioned, you feel like, you feel like you're watching the twilight zone. And then like, it would be like if the, if the second episode of the twilight zone somehow deconstructed the first episode, you just, you don't see things like that typically. And to me, like that's, that's what really made it special to me. Yeah, let's talk about those episodes, because I, I definitely see what you mean. Like, I was very surprised at, at the structure of the second episode, which, like, I think definitely you're, you're supposed to be. Uh, if you are, for some reason, if you're listening uh, and have not watched the show, the first, like, the case, quote unquote, the, the pair in the first episodes uh, are a married couple named Machiko and Takashi who uh, have died on their honeymoon and uh, are forced to play this dart game in which we sort of learn that the the games in the bar exist to basically stretch people, you know, to their breaking point and be like, what is the essence of humanity under duress? Mm. Um, and, 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 who, it, and who and 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 specifically these games ask who you are as a person under duress, especially given your relationship to the other person who's in this game with you. Like, who are who are you? Re- like, do you really love this person? Or is this uh, some codependent relationship that you're holding on to for some other purposes? And, and that there's really more, let's say, jealousy or more, let's say, dependency than actual love. Yeah, there's a lot of levels to this marriage, which is like pretty surprising since there's like 40 minutes total. Yeah. Uh, but the, so the, the game, because the game that they play is this darts game where if you land the dart on a, a space on the board that has an organ on it, the other person will feel like they have been pierced with a dart in that organ. Um, and it becomes this weird... Um, like Milgram experiment kind of deal uh, where they, they are obviously at first they're like, of course there's no way that these darts will hurt each other. And then immediately they're like, ah shit. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. Well, and I I don't know, like how do you feel about where the episodes take that? Cause we definitely get different pictures of the marriage by the end of the first and second episodes. But, but to me that's, that's without giving too much away, the layers of the first episode 
that are shown. We're, we're watching it through, I feel like the majority of the first episode, we're watching through the husband's point of view. And we're 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 walked through the situation via his senses and his rememberings of what's happened and seeing his choices be based on what he's remembering at a time. And with with that mechanic, you're seeing that like he might be remembering things in a flawed way. So instantly you get this duality of like his experiences through his own insecurity and how much of that that he experienced through his perspective is real and how much is he just projecting on these instances where he's getting information that's vague. And so that ambiguity is carried through the first episode and then somehow in the second episode they managed to add a whole additional layer to it that was there from the beginning but that was done to further the overall plot of the show when it comes to the arbiters so uh, you know just to me like this is this is why this show is so great to me that we can have these sorts of deep dive discussions about mm-hmm. two episodes of a show versus you know other shows where it, it is you, you, it's hard to dig this deep philosophically and and cerebrally well, it's it, cerebrally you know a word. Anyway, go I ahead. Think so, well, what's it, you know, what this made me think of. Uh, did, you, did you watch the affair? Uh, I I don't I don't. So th- this is like the show is okay. I think there are like parts of it that are really good, but it's like exactly what you're talking about, where where you have these characters and like half of the episode will be from one person's perspective, and the other half will be from the other person's perspective. And they'll like, you know, have little dialogue changes in the scenes uh, and and things happen differently because people like like you're saying, right, there's this theme of, you know, there are in, there are two people in the, the relationship and there are like three or four different ways that people remember things. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting to, to think about this like it would be real interesting to, to think about this in conversation with that because they're also just like so different. Obviously, there's no, uh, you know, death games in the affair other than like being in the if, hands, it, if, if, if it was, I'd watch it is the thing. Yeah, I mean, it would be great there. It, it does not. There are no death games other than like people running over each other with cars in the Hamptons, which does happen <laughs> like pretty frequently on that show. Pretty frequently. Uh, well, that's good. Yeah, like 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 once a season, at least I would say. I mean, the thing the thing to me that is very funny and also kind of weird about those first two episodes. And this is a a thing I also wanted to ask you about is like, so without spoiling too much, I think, or I think we've already kind of talked around the differences in perspective such Mm -hmm. that Decim makes this judgment at the end of the first episode. And you're like, I see why he's thinking about it this way. And then you learn stuff in the second episode that indicates that maybe he fucked up um and his boss this other arbiter named nona is basically just like poe buddy's nerfect she's just like well you should just think more next time and it's like on one hand i think that's true and like what you know what you would say if someone was new at their job but also this is like a pretty serious job like he he sent you know one of one of these people to basically hell and the other one to, you know, continue to go through the reincarnation process. And they're just like, eh, well, whoops. 
And like that, that felt so hard for me to get over. Cause I feel like if I, you know, like, and I, obviously he's not human. Right. So it, it takes a while before he, they experience like guilt in that way, but it is just feels like such a big thing to casually be like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, you and, know, to, to, to me, uh, well, first of all, and I don't, I, I was, I was watching a couple episodes earlier and this struck me and I didn't quite know how to say it, but like, uh, they call him Declam in the, in the, uh, dub version. He is, to me, his, his characterization makes him seem like he's a little on the spectrum, um, in, in terms of his relationship to what we would consider, um, human emotions, um, and, and, and his accessibility of those. Uh, th- there's some distance between him as a person a- or, or a confusion, I would say, between him and a person, him as a person and uh, human emotions. Um, and I, I don't know a better way to say that, but there there's some positioning of him in a way that seems like he's challenged in that way. And I think that informs him as a character when it comes to having to make these decisions about observing human nature and making a judgment on their souls. So that's one thing. Um, another is, I think also in this show is a little bit of commentary about like what it means to be an employee. Like you don't, you you didn't start this business. Uh, you you didn't necessarily pick this business as you as we can see with the person who gets brought in as an arbiter throughout the life of the show. Uh, you're kind of there and kind of fi- trying to figure it out, and it's a hard job. But can you do this job if you beat yourself up over every decision? And I feel like that's kind of reflective of a lot of jobs in society in general. Like they may be important, like feeding people is important. But if you're working at a fast food place and not getting paid very much to care, are you really um, are you really paying attention to if you cook this hamburger as long as you're supposed to? I'm not sure. Like maybe somebody gets sick, but are they really paying you as as an individual enough to truly care? Uh, and and I feel like you know that relationship as employee to job that you didn't necessarily ask for um, is is reflected a bit in in um, I forget the um, the arbiter who said that it didn't matter as much that he made the Nona? mistake. Nona, yeah, I, I feel like a little bit of that relationship of laborer to labor on that level is reflected in which in her dialogue on that level as well. That's re- I, I think that's true. That's really interesting. I had not thought about it that way. I would love to see a version of this show where one of the arbiters was like, all right, y'all, like we're trying to unionize. Because uh, like I want to I want to hear what those meetings are like. Uh, yeah, I, I totally hear that. And I think that like makes a lot of sense as a way to read that relationship. It just like, you know, putting aside the fact that who knows how time works in this this world it just felt like she the thing that struck me is not the way that he he responds i think pretty nor like you know i I hear you're saying about his emotional distance but his response to that is i think pretty human like he's just like oh shit see my my 100 percent. my retort would be this he responds to the fact that he may have made a mistake in a serious Mm. way 
But he even even in explaining that his response says, oh, wait, this was about love. I'm not good at that. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not good at like deciphering why somebody's emotional attachment to another person would make them say something that would make me as an arbiter make the wrong decision. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he he, he didn't seem to have that sort of um, capability with dealing with emotion um, to understand why somebody would do something like that. Okay. Okay. So basically you're saying the whole show is like him going through this basically HR program of, yeah, of I mean, learning how to, but yeah, like actually I, that's what I, he's I, doing. I do think so. I think, I think that he's been dealing with coworkers who don't give a shit and there's this new coworker, coworker who is freshly human. It kind of does give a shit. Um, and he's kind of having to rectify that, right? Like he's trying to have, he's kind of having to, to, um, to reconcile this job he's doing and, and what he's bringing to it as an individual, um, with the fact that he's dealing with things that he can't all the way quantify all the time. And I think, you know, by the time you get to the end of the show, uh, he has a real palpable experience with understanding, um, human emotion. Yeah, that's definitely true. And it's it's interesting to think about the ways that the arbiter like different arbiters think about those emotions. Like the quote that I have written down uh that Nona says at the end of episode 2 to like stay on this couple episodes a bit. She she says uh, of the husband, uh that man was someone who could not trust others. There's no way he would have found happiness is there. And it's like first of all, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, second of all like i don't like she right she she has her own sort of perspectives that's a really brutal thing to say about someone i think mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. you know and and that that you get in in the context of these like basically five people right because it's like the husband the wife and then the three people in the bar thinking about how this relationship, you know, like what the dynamics are, uh, underlying it. And it's like, I don't know. There, there were certain, certain cases like this one that just left me feeling really sort of glum about the ability of humans to connect with each other. Mm. Uh, and then there were a couple that really, you know, I thought were, were quite nice. Like the one, the third one, the one episode three, um, I, I thought is like kind of de- is like depressing, but also in some ways is like kind of nice. I, I, um, I, was, I was certainly glad that once again, not to give too much away. I was glad that that episode three resolved the way that it did and not the way that it could have. Uh, I, I felt like that, that was a great subversion of, of my expectations. Um, just because you know, what we see in society sometimes when it comes to, I don't want to say nothing about it. You got to watch the show, folks. You got to watch the show. Well, okay, but this, this, this is the thing I, I'm curious about your opinion about, because I, I was thinking about this the whole time. Like, I think, I guess for me, I wish there was like a little bit more of the games or like sort of the different ways that people will interact with the games because definitely you get like a little bit of that like there are some where the the people just like have fun playing them but like in a lot of them right there's this sort of like they continue to escalate it until the two people are are fighting each other or you know at each other's throats in some way um but i i feel like there's a lot of cool stuff 
that you could put in there as someone as a uh, about play right and about the way that people respond to these like rule sets and what it would mean for the arbiters even because this is sort of what i thought we were gonna be thinking about like toward the end of the show what it would mean for them to think about the games differently as a a thing that gets people to respond right because they have this like philosophy that is basically we learn the most about people when they are at their most desperate um and i think that you could apply that sort of like game as provocation in a way that does not feel as consistently like just provoke like designed to provoke the players i I think basically what i'm saying is i really would have enjoyed an episode of the show that was just like about a couple people you know playing a casual game of i don't know if i can know like patchwork or something um and i guess i guess there is some stuff like that a little bit later but like i don't know it, it felt like it always is a little bit removed from like what it would be like to actually play the game like the games but, always feel like they are yeah, means to I, I, I feel i feel like the games are a reflection of the boss and i and i I didn't rewatch the show completely before we talked, so I don't remember a bunch about that character, like the person who's, um, you know, who who you come away from this thinking this is this is the entity that designs all these things and institutes all these measures. Uh, he seems to be a person who who that is his philosophy. Um, like like if it were X Men, he'd be Apocalypse, where he feels like everybody has to be tested, and and you know, and that's how you get to the bottom of people. Um, and and that's that seems to be the way that that character would implement them. And I guess for me, once they introduce that character and you got a sense of him, um, what you're talking about in the game stop stop being something I thought about much because I just started to attach it to him. And then I began to just follow the journey of the 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 main arbiter that we follow and. But I, I do understand what you're saying. I, I think that there's a bunch of different ways the show could have gone to give us different angles because the situation itself is very rich. Um, you know, I, I personally would have liked to know more about, like, if this is a bar where this happens, like, it, it like the bar seems to have a structure that where there's this elevator that goes up and down. But I want to know more about the building. You know what I mean? Like I like I I want to know more about the world for sure. But given that it's just a limited series with a beginning and an end, I didn't end up minding that it ended up being about this one arbiter and that they tried to speak to as many things as possible through the journey of that one character. Yeah, I I like that they don't explain a lot of that stuff. Like, I, I do, I really like that there are all these elements of, like, you know, there's a dude who just, like, his entire existence is, like, waiting for people to call the elevator. There's, like, a the, the you know, trolley cars and all of this stuff. And, and the bar also has this, like, really spot-on, like, slightly unsettling hotel bar aesthetic mm. uh, that I, I, like, don't, I guess you could say is like a reflection of him. Right. And that he like, is this sort of very polished guy, uh, who, you know, is still not, not warm necessarily. Um, and I, I don't mind that as much. I think it really just is like 
the arc in a lot of ways of right if you think about the the pairs as these stories they all kind of like escalate in the same way of you know things getting more dire and and serious particularly as the people like recover their memories Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. tends to like happen over the course of episodes and i i just would have really enjoyed a version of that where it escalates but based on like fun Mm. which maybe wouldn't fit with the tone of the rest of the show, but I just think it would have been really interesting to like, I, ask I, I, the t- questions. I totally get that. I totally get that. I, th- I think that's a, that's a great, that's a, that's a great and valid uh, point in, in terms of there being another, um, another mechanism by which these arbiters are able to judge people. But, but like I said, I, I do think that the way this is written the mechanisms that they did choose are a reflection of the person who's running this particular operation. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. It, which, which also, you know, like I leads, I guess to a couple of things I want, I wanted to talk about. So the, the first is like, have you, have you watched death billiards? I, I have not. No, I have not. I have not. Uh, people seem to like it. It just, the, the thing I, I wanted to bring up cause it like, it's like, Stuff like this, I think, would not happen as much here. The that short film was produced in 2013 uh, as part of the Young Animator Training Program, which is like funded by the Japanese government by the Japanese Agency for Cultural Affairs, and they had a budget of like, you know, 2.3 million dollars, roughly, uh, which is nuts to just like give it to people and be like, here, go make this thing. Like mm-hmm. the same year uh, that Tachikawa did death, death billiards for this yo yoshinari at trigger made a, a short film that ended up becoming little witch academia mm. and it's just like I, that's just like a separate thing I, I wanted to bring up because it, it really highlights like because this is a weird thing especially because there's no manga that it's based on and it it you know, this is like how you would have to make something like that, I think. And you could tell how, how, like you're saying, right. Everything is reflective of the guy running things, but it, it in this case, it's, it's Hachikawa. Cause this is just like his baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels really personal in that way. It does feel very personal, but I think that's why I like it. Like, I think there's a lot in anime that happens that are like made by committee in order to sell, um, posters and and figurines and and generally make a bunch of money and not to say that this wasn't designed as somehow to be capitalistic um but i tend to enjoy things that are one person's vision and in a in a series that's based on a manga often you do get that except that because it's based on a manga these things usually end up being very protracted and going on forever and ever and ever and ever uh with the creator having to uh, make decisions based on is this show, I mean, I'm sorry, is this manga going to have to go on for three or four more years or can I conclude it? So I appreciated the, the specificity of vision from being from one person and the fact that like, you know, 13 episodes, 12 episodes, it's, it's got a beginning, a middle and an end, which is something you often don't get when you're uh, consuming anime that comes from a singular creator yeah i know there must be merch for this but it's like very funny for me to imagine it 
right? <laughs> like I'm sure there are people who have like figurine, like there must be figurines of the characters. But there's got to be, there's got to be dartboards. You know what I mean? Oh it's yeah, gotta- <laughs> that's that's what you do. Yeah, that's what you do. That's like if you're you're the smart merchandising person at the studio. Wow, that's or like the because there there's I mean extremely minor spoiler. There's an episode where the game is old made, and like you just make those card decks. That's easy. Easy. Wow, this this is what they should be doing. Where where are the death parade death parade card packs? Where is the death parade uh like arcade fighting machine? I think that was my favorite of the games. There was a an, an arcade fighting game. Uh I love that one. Yeah, man. Uh but that that also, you know, I think moves to like what to me feels like the most lighthearted part of the show which is the OP. Uh, and I'm curious what your opinion is of the, the, you know, like the music and the opening and uh, ending sequence. The opening is the best ever. The opening is also the it, best. It's the best. Opening I just don't get ever. it though. It's like the, the song is world. great. The song. So the song is called flyers by radio. It's great. It's like very, very fun, but it just, I don't know. Like it's way more lighthearted than the show. And the animation is like all of these characters, you know, who, like you're saying, like are, somewhat serious in a lot of ways and and who like reflect this sort of vision that Tachikawa is bringing to it and they're just sort of vibing and I I love that like it's great they're like dancing there's like this fun scene of the that the god character Oculus uh like I don't know doing like a dance with his like weird like flower beard or whatever it is he's doing uh-huh. and it, it it just doesn't feel I don't know like there, there's something about it that feels uh where I'm like, I wonder what this version of the show would be like, or if it feels like it's from a, a sort of like self-consciously sillier iteration of the show. Well, say that one more time. It just, it feels like it's from a sillier version of the show, you know, like it feels like the version of the show where you, if you like said the premise, but it was like more of a bleach thing where it's like a little <laughs> bit sillier, you know, where we're like, Oh, we're, we're doing like Shinigami stuff, but it's like, it's fun. Like that you would you would have like, you know, people dancing in the OP and in this it's like, I mean, people do sort of like dance or or do, you know, various. There's like a, a really big ice skating uh, scene, but that stuff is all really serious and it doesn't like it feels like they have a, the sense of camaraderie in that that they like just the characters do not have in the show because they're all so isolated uh, I mean, I don't mind it. Uh, to me, it feels like 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 it's a. Uh, it feels like the show is a play, and these are the actors in the play, uh, doing something that might end up on uh, Instagram or some shit later. I, I, it's just it, it. Oh, that's fun. To me, it it didn't the the tonal imbalance of the show and the opening never bothered me at all. But I think that's mostly because I think the fucking song is so good. No, it's real um, good. Have you seen I, the music I, video for it? I've never seen the actual music video for the song, no. It, it it's pretty fun. Uh they're like a lot of dudes with rabbit heads. Okay. Uh I don't really know what else to say about it. That like kind of tells you a lot about the video. <laughs> I mean, that's that's uh, that's good. That's a good bit. That's a good bit. 
but the and the the ending song is like the opposite of that. Uh, yeah, I don't the like the ending song so much. <laughs> is, yeah, Last Theater by Noisy Cell, and it, I mean it's just like you know, you, over, especially like sometimes over the closing credits, you'll get like scenes from the lives of the people that were in the bar, but sometimes it'll just be like panning over like sad dolls, mm-hmm. and it's like that's the stuff that to me there's like a lot I really liked about the show, and then there's just like a little bit of stuff that feels like it's creeping a little into sort of like signifiers of being serious instead of actually being that, uh, which is a bummer because I think it like is for the most part, but then like, you, you know, you'll get this stuff where it's like, look how sad, like this is pretty sad. Like these people are in hell now, you know? And it reminded me a little bit of like when I would sneak spawn comics out of the library and read them on the bus and be like, <laughs> wow, that's like, that's messed up, man. Uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It just like, it's a very specific vibe of like, you know, it, it like, it like you, you could, you, I'll, I'll put it this way. You could have used an Evanescence song in there easy and it would have uh, whipped oh ass. Okay. Would have whipped ass. Uh, and like, I, I, you know, I would love that. And you know, there's a, there's, if Jojo is any, any, uh, example to look at that is not out of the realm of possibility, Get get those get those rights. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, I wanted to maybe use. Is there other specific things that you wanted to to talk about on the show? Because I I was thinking we could talk a little bit from there about like music and anime in general, but we should talk about all the other death parade stuff. If there are other things you want to bring up, no, nah, nothing particular. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll come back to it when we if we need to get back to it. Uh, yeah, I don't know, like, just generally speaking, like, what, you know, I, I know you said this is the best OP, like, what are your favorite anime, like, uses of, of music, whether it's OPs or, or stuff that's diegetic? Oh, I feel like dude, it's such I, a big, man, I, I, well, big Well, you know, uh, I, I got, I have, a, I have a running list of my favorite OPs on anime. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. I, I like, um, there's, uh, one of the, the original Full Metal Alchemist opening, not, uh, Brotherhood, the, the, uh, the original anime, that opening mm-hmm. to me, like it may, it, it, it opens my heart up. I, I forget the name of it, but it's like, I hear, I hear that guitar start in the beginning and like, I'm ready to jump through the damn ceiling. Like, mm. um, that's one, uh, I really love the first opening to, um, the uh the the most recent season of 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 jojo's bizarre adventure that uh fighting gold i know this song's called Fighting. like i really like that too like there's just there's some songs in animated really get me going mob psycho 100 um Mm. that opening this the second season one i can't remember the second season and the first season one are the same but i remember it really striking me the second season they're they're both i love both of those uh the second one is the one where it does the like freeze frames and they're like all kind of dancing in unison that shit is incredible colored panels really so good yeah yeah that i mean both of those ops are so good i mean but also god the we were we talked about this on the the golden wind episode the fact that they used freaking you as the end yo that shit was great yo the first time i saw an episode of golden wind I was very high. I was very high. So when that shit came on, I thought something had gone wrong with me. Like I, I thought, I thought that I, I thought that I temporarily lost my mind. 
because I could not believe that they had picked Jodeci to end that um, to, to to end that episode with. I couldn't believe it. I could I couldn't believe it. It I it's just like it's incredible. The like. It, I, I don't think I should have been surprised after they used Savage Garden in part four, but it it just like right it, to to like sort of compare it to Death Parade, it leaves like no matter what happens in an episode of Golden Wind, you like always leave on this note where you're like, oh yeah, and now Jodeci's playing like the sick, and and, it, and it's it, all know, and it's also like oh yeah. Um, all the all of the horny I'm feeling for all these characters, I'm supposed to be feeling this horny. This is all by design because yeah, now I, now I'm ready to sweat and air hump. You know which, what I mean? Which which I I love because apparently we we took the, there's an interview with the producers on the season where they talk about how uh, Hirohiko Araki, the JoJo mangaka, sent them a list of music that he thought they could use for the end of this part, and he said in his note like this season is about gangsters and like you should use gangster rap, which this mm. is not. <laughs> no, uh, it's not. But the, I mean, but the, pr- yeah. the producer says he put this on the list and we played it and we were like, this isn't gangster rap, but it does extremely fit the vibe. Yo, uh, it's so sexy. The, that's right. You got to give me the slow pan, the slow pans over, over Bucciarati's, uh, you know, over the zipper. Hell yeah. Uh, God. And it, yeah, they're, and you just don't get left. I mean, you know, I, you're, you were in agreement. I think that the the ending is not of Death Parade is not as good because you're just not yeah, left like with the same like it's it's just regular. It's a, it's to me it's a regular yeah. anime song. Like there's a I watch a lot of anime. And there's a lot of anime songs that to me feel like oh this is an anime song. Um, it's it's just these chord changes and kind of like rock music, um, like modern rock that doesn't. It's not interesting in any way. But that's part of why the op is really exciting to me because to me um there aren't a lot of songs that sound like that yeah that's true and i i like a lot of i don't know like like you're talking about a, a long i feel like the not quite in the vein of the full metal alchemist opening but i i think about the trigun op like constantly like, i've never me, seen the, trigun the I've never the, seen trigun it's it's you remember when Toonami in like the when the dub of Dragon Ball Z aired and they had like mm-hmm. the Rock the Dragon song. Uh, I mean, I've seen a lot a lot of different openings for Dragon Ball Z, so I can't remember which one's which. It's it's I'll just it just is like the most sort of butt rock, <laughs> like <laughs> you know where you're like yeah. Like you know, it's like it's like it's like the end of like the entourage opening credits or something, gotcha, where like someone's gonna pop gotcha. out of the op and just like be like, "We run this town." And like <laughs> I, I love that when it is done well, which you get because like the the trigun op especially, you're, it's just like you know, it's the dude in the big red coat with the sunglasses and he looks cool and he's like walking across the desert and pointing his gun at things and you're like, "Damn, those are all cool things." <laughs> like it does it does make sense that you're backing this with this this uh guitar because there's no the the trigon op also has no lyrics it's just the guitar it's like we had to we had to make it the most pared down like early aughts distillation of this experience you watch a lot of studio trigger stuff yeah you seen kisniver no i haven't seen that oh kisniver's opening song that shit hits me right in my chest every time Right, in my uh, chest. Is, I'll, I'll. What's up? No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell, tell me about it. 
No, I'm just uh, it's 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 a, you know it's a trigger. So it's like a group of teenagers figuring out uh, <laughs> figuring out uh, existential crises through technology. Like it's trigger shit, but like it's yeah. that that theme. I, I brought it up for the, I do think it's a great show. I don't think it's Trigger's best show by any means, but in terms of animes that use music in a great way, um, I love that opening theme. Oh damn that reminds me uh an extremely roundabout way before we started recording you said that you wanted to talk about tokyo ghoul which i have seen well i don't know what's the music like in that because i I haven't seen it i don't really remember the music much in tokyo ghoul the reason i wanted to talk about tokyo ghoul is because part of the reason i put death parade where it is on my list is that death parade and Tokyo Ghoul are two shows I watched pretty close to each other, I would say like three, two, three years ago, that really got me back into anime in like a really heavy way where I like, where like suddenly I was ready to go beyond what was available on an adult swim um, and get the Crunchyroll app and get the VRV app and get the Funimation app. Like I suddenly I was like, oh, this is the entertainment that I've really been looking for. And, and specifically, um, and, and one thing that I think that Death Parade and Tokyo Ghoul share uh, as, as media that demonstrates one of the major differences between what can happen in anime and what can happen in a lot of American entertainment is that like, there's a certain... Uh, there's a certain realism of how a situation can cause somebody to go insane. Like cause like a person, whether you're rooting for them or against them, they can be put in situations that truly explore different parts of how the psyche can react. That I feel like in a lot of American media, they don't give you that. They don't give you the nuance. They give you either either this person is a coward or this person is a hero. Where like in anime, you get these shades of gray where somebody could be just a normal person and end up in a situation that brings all sorts of shit out of them that you can't necessarily fathom. Where it doesn't put them solidly in one place or the other. And that's, that's one of the things I really love about Death Parade is that these characters end up in these situations where it's not as simple as just one person did something good and the other person did something bad and they're being judged that way. There's a lot of complications to what the individual is bringing to the situation based on what they've gone through and the game that they're playing and the relationship to the person who they're playing with that I think can play out in in a lot of different ways psychologically. And in anime, you get to see a fuller spectrum of what those things can be. And and watching Death Parade and watching Tokyo Ghoul kind of reminded me of that. And I was like, yeah, I need to be watching anime all the time. Wow. I am so glad that this is the the way that you're talking about it. I had a very similar experience. I think like maybe a year or two before that where I was like, wow, like I think the way that I described it to people at the time and the way I still kind of think about it and I think why... I am like comfortable and why I like wanted to do the show in the first place is like, it's the closest that you get visually to like Bologna or something, you know, like what what is that? that 
uh, Roberto Bolaño. Like okay, the, the thing that, uh, well, it's, it's like, you know, like a surreal, like, like in fiction, mm. right? Like in prose, you can write something and like trust the reader to read between the lines or like deal with metaphor in this sort of like a little bit removed way. And like you're saying, right? Like so much Western media is really literal and you're like, this is the thing that's happening and this is what we're telling you about it. And I, I remember having this experience for me. It was like, I watched a bunch of Ikuhara. So I watched like Utena and Penguin Drum. Uh, and I think a decent chunk of Yurikuma Arashi, like pretty close together. And I, re- I just, just remember watching this episode where you like, I don't even remember what happens in it, but there's like a character walking through a room of statues. And all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, this is like, this is depicting like some, you know, childhood abuse and like really messed up shit. And I, I, you know, totally like felt like I, you could see it in so many different ways, which I think is maybe just a thing that like animation does really well. But in particular, like you're saying, right, like this kind of anime, like you have that level of psychological complexity um, in a way that is just like, I don't know, like when it hits right, there's just nothing better. You're like, Mm -hmm. what? Like I, I. You know, I, I am like currently, have you, have you seen Utena? No. Uh, you know, it's a kind of thing where like, it's just really stagey. Like, like you're saying about this show too, right? That it's like, it's like, there are literally like players and like, a, there's like a shadow puppet component and there's all this stuff in it, uh, that feels like someone's putting on a play for you and that you get to engage with it in that way. Um, yeah, and I think Death Parade does does do does do that. I feel like you're you're really like I came into this being like a little cool on the show, and I I think you really have like sold me on on what is cool about it. I, I certainly didn't know that 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 that, that was going to be <laughs> the position I was in, but I'm glad that it worked out that way. Yeah, well, I didn't. You know, I went in and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this because sure, you know, like I sure. said, like and and yeah, like you know, it goes. I think the other thing for me that made it a little bit more difficult initially, and I am curious your your feelings about this, like I like, but I think don't love a lot of the character design. Like I feel like Death sure. especially, sure. he just like looks like too. He looks like so. He looks anime. anime yeah, he looks anime. This, yeah, no, like, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. And. I don't have a problem with people looking like that, like obviously, but it just, it's like the way, you know, that he's like the only person who looks like that. And, and, you know, it's like, this is the protagonist. And he, he has like hair, you know, he only has, maybe he only has one eye. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and t- I like associate that with a different genre. I think like, sure. I'm, no, watching I totally that, that. I'm like, Oh great. You know, this is going to be like some horny teen shit. Yeah. Uh, no, that that's that's like, very fair. That's very fair. This this is I do not know if I have seen like I would say this is in the bottom 15% horniness of of anime I've seen. It's it's not very horny like which is surprising you know, like, like, like like most most of the most of the most of the relationships interpersonally have a healthy a healthy um healthy dose of tragedy so it's hard to to get that straight horny feel off of it yeah that's i mean it's especially like i'm sure there is a type of person who would watch those first two episodes and be like man this 
the dissolution of this marriage is really getting me off. <laughs> but like, I don't want to meet that guy. <laughs> that's and like that guy. It's a, a great. Call. I mean, that guy's obviously a divorce counselor. Yeah. Well, and it's like m- fuck, maybe. man. Like that's su- that sucks ass. Uh, lots of categories yeah, of like, porn, man. There's lots of categories. That's yeah. Uh, yeah, the, I'm sure there's like a, a, a death parade hentai somewhere. Uh, oh my God. I'm certain. And it, but yeah, it's just like, it, like it really, right. It's like, I feel like with a lot of the stuff we've been talking about, you get this like slight tension, like slight, but noticeable tension between a lot of different aesthetic elements of the show, which is interesting. And like, I don't know why that is, but I, I, that's like a thing that's like probably going to be my big takeaway coming out of this is like mm. why that, it, you know, uh, like what that tension is doing. Cause there is like a lot of stuff on that level. That's like, this feels like more sort of capital a anime than it is. Um, yeah, well, but we didn't even, we haven't even talked about just briefly, like the overall look of the show. Um, and like the animation, like you could tell how hard they worked on this. Yeah, it's great. And that's the other, you know, that's one of the other things too, is when you have like a limited series like this, you can actually pour a lot of resources into uh, making sure that it's animated at the highest quality. So this is one of those two. I think it's a, it's just a beautiful thing to watch, um, even, you know, aside from the story. Yeah, it's and it's interesting because there's only real, I mean, there are like some elements that feel like they're designed to be like visual showcases but the only one they really do a bunch i think that makes the show feel like not just people talking uh is like the marionette strings thing that basically you Mm. know whenever somebody has like violated the rules you get restrained by the puppet strings um yeah and it's like in those scenes you get like a real like oh they could go off they could really do some crazy shit with this if they wanted to uh and like you know I think I don't, I don't think I fully relate to that level of restraint, but I respect it and fear it in equal Mm. measure, (laughs) right? Like if I was in that position, I would be like, oh, we're, we gotta like, we gotta, you know, do every, the most like insane shit imaginable. Uh, But I I respect a lot that they're like, no, 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 no. Like we're going to show that we could do this if we wanted to. Uh, but it, you know, mostly we want you to actually think about the characters. Yeah, I don't. You know, I typically I'm not too dialed into animation quality unless it's strikingly bad in a lot of cases. But I do kind of have a general sense of like, oh, this is good quality stuff. So for me, especially because I'm a person who is dialed into story and characters more than anything, um, I don't often come away with. Um, thoughts and or, or or reactions to moments that are specifically based on the quality of the animation yeah i think that's totally reasonable it's just a different like you know it, it's a thing i sort of have like slowly been trying to think about and like you know it feels like a process of figuring out what works with different kinds of stories and what doesn't because it's sure. you know, something like like mob Right. Like if you were watching another show and the characters designs were like that sort of consciously undetailed, you would be like, what the fuck, man? Like you didn't draw the character. Right. Uh, but but it works so well, you know, with the original webcomic, which I love very dearly because he like kind of can't draw. Um <laughs> And like, I think that's great. I like genuinely think that's great. Like, it's so good. We we talked about that a while ago when we were talking about One Punch Man. Um, where it just like it works so well that 
you have these dudes that that are all sort of like soft round lines and then these gigantic like buff anime men will show up and you know <laughs> be like i i belong in this normal world uh, i also i also hate one punch man by the way but that's that's just really uh, yeah i really don't like it but uh what, that's because I, I don't i i'm not good at i'm not good at shows when you when you can't love the protagonist and i really i don't i don't love uh saitama i don't i really i wow, actually act, actively so dislike him um, why uh just uh, to me he doesn't he doesn't do anything endearing he doesn't he doesn't care about anything so i don't care about anything um and i don't know it's just it, it's it's uh i don't know i i, I just I, I had a problem following along his story because i couldn't root for him I, I get that. I think that definitely is a thing that like Mob Psycho has on One Punch yeah, Man. Yeah, absolutely. Where right, it's like the same thing where the protagonist is like omnipotent or basically, but it like works so much better with, when his motivation is to like not use his powers. Um, well, and all and also he like Mob cares about a lot of things. He cares about a lot of people. Um you know, and and his his struggle is kind of wanting to be a person uh when so many things are stacked um opposite of that for him um and 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 i think it's just a relatability thing i I relate to mob i don't relate to saitama you know yeah i i I get that i think i do a little bit only in the sense that i too am bald and frequently depressed (laughs) um like particularly you know like like uh uh obviously this is like not identical but there was a long you know i spent like a lot of time thinking i was gonna like do tv criticism and that was gonna be like my life Mm -hmm. um and i sort of got to this point where i i you know was like recapping however many shows a week and just like watching everything and it sort of started to feel numb a little bit where I was just like, I don't know, like, and I, I think on some level, that's like a thing that happens a lot. If you like overexpose yourself to a thing that you love and make it work. Like, I think that just like happens. And I, I don't think I realized that at the time. Um, but I definitely had this feeling of like, every time I watched something that was like substantially different, I would be like, is this it? Like, is this, is this the fight that's gonna, you know, like the way, the way that, that side of is the beginning. Um, mm. and I just love, I love that the, I guess to me that, that, struggle which i think you're right is like not as deep right as him just being like damn like shouldn't have wished on that monkey's paw yeah it's just a classic monkey's paw but you know the other other thing too i think about me and 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 one punch man is that i didn't i didn't stick with it so i've often heard that there's if that there's things that happen later that do make it probably more of a story i can get into i just had a hard time following along I, i that that make that makes sense I will we've been on for a while and before we go I wanted to do the thing that I normally do at the beginning of these episodes and maybe we'll do here at the end because normally at the end I would ask if you are going to watch more of the show or see if I'm going to watch more of the show and we don't have to worry about that in this case because we both have seen all of it um like and and we we talked about this a little bit a few minutes ago just briefly like wh- what do you think about when you think about your like history with anime and like what besides this and tokyo ghoul are sort of like to you the the building blocks of like why you love this medium well i mean honestly to me it starts with with shonen it starts with power fantasy so you know that's dragon ball um hunter hunter um you know 
it, Full Metal Alchemist. Um, you know, like to me, it's it's all about using animation to accomplish what oftentimes is difficult to accomplish in in um in 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 live action media. So it's just the depth of story and the writing and. And watching, I love watching a character grow. I really love that. I, I love watching, uh, I love watching a character unlock secrets that are sometimes inside of themselves. Um, and so, so to me, they're just very inspiring. A lot of anime is very inspiring for me. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I just love. I love. The freedom in which the medium is used. I love the depths of the human condition that are mined in that. And and um, you know, that it's kind of like the science fiction thing where science fiction is so awesome because there's infinite possibilities. I feel like anime has that, where like you can take our world world and change it ever so slightly, and suddenly you can tell this incredible story. Uh, based on how somebody navigating that world comes to be stronger or comes to um, conquer it or comes to vanquish an enemy. Um, it's just the richness of it that really does it for me. Damn, I feel like I can't follow that. Like, that's really such a good way of articulating what is, is cool about this thing. Uh, I feel like that has to be the the place that we, we wrap up. Um but yeah, Mike, thank you so much for for joining us to talk about uh, Death Parade and really like go in on the the first episode of this <laughs> new iteration of the the pod. Awesome, um, man! Yeah, dude, uh, thanks thanks for, for having me. I'm glad it was able to work out, man. I really love talking about uh, anime with people who care about it as much as I do. So, um, thanks for having me. Yeah, that's what we're hoping we're gonna get here. Except for when I make people watch stuff who have like no experience with it. Uh, and then we'll we'll find out sort of together whether or not they will come to love it as much as I do. There we go. You can find uh, more podcasts at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. Uh, if you even the ones that have merit on them, uh, you can watch fanbyte streams. If you go to twitch.tv slash fanbyte, uh, the fanbyte Twitter, fanbyte media. Uh, and if you want to follow me and yell at me about anime, you could do that at, at uh, Eric Thurm. Uh, Micah, what should people be checking out if they want to find more of you uh, after this episode? I live on Twitter, and my address on Twitter is at Mike underscore Eagle. That's at M-I-K-E underscore E-A-G-L-E on the uh, Twitter box. I'm putting out podcasts through my podcast network, Stony Island Audio, um, and I'm putting out an album on my own record label, Auto Reverse Records, uh, October 16th. That's called anime trauma and divorce so uh people who are listeners of this show might be interested in at least one third of that you made it through the first two episodes of death parade folks you're gonna go crazy for all three yeah it's probably true you, if you're into death parade uh you might be down for all three pillars of, of the album yeah. uh this is the album for you uh yeah thank you so much for coming on we uh do not have a new sign off for this iteration of the show uh, so until we get a new one, I will use our old one. Until next time, folks, we'll see you in the Shadow Realm. Bye.